questions before we begin? <clears throat> so today, class 38, uh, we're doing chapter three, entitled The Yoga of Action. And we've just started topic three, emotional appeal for action. An emotional appeal for action, verses 20 to 24, which we're going to cover today. Krishna explains to Arjuna why action is inevitable. Why is action inevitable? Why is action inevitable for all of us? Why is action inevitable? Why do we all have to act? What propels us to act? Yeah, Neelam? Avasanas. Avasanas. Forces us to act. Action is inevitable because of avasanas. So we have to act. Arjuna must fight the battle. He's a warrior. He must fight the battle. Of course, Arjuna is emotional, he's down. Everyone can see that. He's in no state to take on this huge task. So in topic one of this chapter, verses one to three, Krishna briefly introduces action to Arjuna. In topic two, verse four to 19, which we finished last week, Krishna used logic and reason for why a person should perform action. Perform karma yoga. You'll reduce your desires, reach your goal as a human being. Become one with the self if you practice and perform karma yoga. But Krishna could see that it has not made much of a difference to Arjuna. Arjuna is still not himself. He's not awake. Logic and reason has not woken him up. Any idea why logic and reason hasn't woken him up? Because he's too attached to a person. Yeah. What else? Yeah, Vanita? He doesn't resonate with him. He doesn't understand intellectually why 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 he should be doing what he's doing because it's not in his personality to understand that. Okay, and especially right now, why is he not able to understand, Nilam? His emotions have got the better of him. Emotions got the better of him. When one is emotional, he can't think straight. We can't understand logic and reason. 
you know, some your partner abandons you, leaves you, or you're, um, <clears throat> someone passes away. We get in an emotional state. We can't understand. Someone says, it's best that that person passed away. They were suffering, but we can't understand it. Why? Because Ravi said, our attachment. We become emotional. Logic and reason goes over our head. Doesn't make sense to us. So, the verses 4 to 19, Krishna gives out logic and reason why he should act. But did this, did this not affect Arjuna? I didn't understand it. Because it's an emotional state. Now Krishna understands this. So, in the next five verses, 20 to 24, Krishna uses a different tactic. He makes an emotional, psychological appeal to Arjuna. We touched upon this last week. He uses six emotional appeals. Devotional, persuasion, vanity, then personal appeal, and then fear, and then threat. Those are the six appeals. So in topic one and two, Krishna was appealing to his intellect. Now, in topic three, appeals to his mind. And you know what? It works. After verse 24, he wakes up. Arjuna's fully awake. And then Krishna sees this. So from verse 25, he explains what right action is and how to perform it. So we, have, we also have to go through all this so then we understand. We just give it out straight away. We think we won't, we won't appreciate it. We have to slowly build up to it when, and then we're ready as well. So we started topic three last week, emotional appeals for action. We did verse 20, remember? Last week, we started topic three, verse 20. And in verse 20, Krishna appeals to the mind, Krishna refers to great people in the past that Arjuna admires, Arjuna respects. And there are some examples given. King Janaka, Asvapati, who else did they say? Prahlada, Ambarisa. These great masters had in the past followed the path of action, karma or yoga. They perform yoga, karma yoga and they had realized God. Krishna is telling Arjuna, you, you, you are devotional to them. You bow down to them. You respect them. And they did what they had to do. So why don't you follow their path, Arjuna? Why don't you perform your duty, karma yoga, just like these great masters that you highly respect? And the second approach Krishna uses is a personal appeal. Even if you don't want to fight for yourself, Arjuna, you should fight for the benefit of the people. It is your duty. And that's where we stopped. Verse 20 last week. Any questions? <clears throat> okay. So we do verse 20, 22, 23, and 24 this morning. Then we finish topic three.
So verse 21. Yad yata charatye sristas tata devetaro janaha sayat pramanam purute lokastadanubartate Yadyatacharati srestas tata devetaro janaha sayat pramanam purute lokastadanubartate Whatsoever the superior person does, that alone other people do. Whatever standard he sets, that the world follows. So this is a truth, truths of life. What it means is, what it's trying to say is that in society, most people, they have a herd instinct mentality. What does herd instinct mean? Herd instinct. Shashi? It means uh, whatever the leader does, everybody follows. Everybody follows, yeah. We have a herd instinct. We do what others do. Whatever's, whatever others have done, we do. We blindly follow our predecessors without thinking. And everyone in the world is doing this. We go to school. We then go to college. We get a degree then a job. We get married. We have children. Why? Because this is what everyone else does in society. We're not saying it's wrong, but do we think before we do it? You know, in the olden days, when, we, when I was growing up, once the girl becomes 16, 17, how come she's not married yet? By that age, they should be married, 18. Herd instinct, everyone's daughter is getting married at that time. At that age, why isn't your daughter getting married? We're not saying they shouldn't, but people don't think. They just follow society, what someone says. What's wrong with them? Why aren't they not married? Is there something wrong with her? Wrong with him? No one asks why I should do this. True. By the time we're a teenager, we have already become a Christian, Hindu, or Muslim. We've labeled ourselves. I'm a Hindu. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Christian. Why? Why do we do that? Anyone? Why do we do that? Yeah, Vanessa? Because we're just following what other people are doing. We don't think for ourselves. We're born into that family that practices that. We don't question, is it right for me, though? You may be different from the parents. Your thinking process might be different. They may be uneducated. You are educated. But we don't think. Is it right for me? We just follow herd instinct. I mean, there may be other pressures as well, but fundamentally, you're not thinking. You just follow it blindly. We follow the top person, father at home, boss at work, 
king of the country or prime minister of the country. Whatever the leader does, that's what others do. That's what they follow. Try to emulate them. The problem is that it could be positive and negative, though. See if it's positive, role model. It's okay. This person could be a bad person. It could be negative. Father is lazy. The children think it's normal to be lazy. The father is violent, aggressive. Children grow up thinking that's normal. They emulate that. They have similar traits. True or not? If the leader of the country is corrupt, the people think it's normal to be corrupt. It's natural to be corrupt. They emulate the same and practice corruption in the country. That's why in a lot of these countries, the corrupt, bad people of society, like gangsters and mafia, they infiltrate politics. And because the ethics are corrupt, the consequences is corruption goes down to the people. If it's okay for the minister, why isn't it okay for me? They are a leader. Everyone thinks it's okay to be corrupt. What happened? Country starts going downhill. I read somewhere in India, they say 30 to 50% of the politicians don't know how to read or write. They, they hold ministerial positions. They don't know how to read or write. How did they come into power? So this goes, mentality goes down because of the herd instinct. People will follow the leader. Now, why am I saying this to you? Krishna uses vanity as a means to reach Arjuna. Arjuna, everyone is looking up to you. You are their leader. You have to set an example that they can follow. The whole country is depending on you, acting, winning. You cannot let them down, Arjuna. He's using vanity. Arjuna feels, oh, everyone's depending on me? Boosts his ego a little bit. So this verse, Krishna uses vanity on Arjuna. Any questions? Okay. Krishna declares a great psychological truth in this verse. Whatever a leader does, the masses follow. Whatever standards he sets his followers, emulate them. This mass psychology applies to all facets of life. The subject of a state emulate their ruler. Students emulate their teacher. Children their parents, and so on. This law functions even in the negative. When a ruler himself is corrupt, the subjects take to corruption. When a teacher of an institution is indisciplined, the students become the same. When the head of the family is lazy and lethargic, the other members of the family develop similar traits. Therefore, 
for the well-being of a state or institution or family, the head of that unit must lead the way. It is not what he says that matters, but what he does. He must set a high standard for his followers to rise to, 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 rise to and reach. Arjuna gets the message. Krishna appeals to the prince, the leader, the great warrior in him. He implies that the mass, masses will wait to follow his example and that country's welfare was at stake. They all look to Arjuna's leadership. Everything now depends upon Arjuna's move. Thus, in emphasizing his influence and importance, his vanity is fed. Another attempt to prod him into activity. Krishna is smart. He knows what's, what's going to work with uh, Arjuna. <clears throat> Any questions? And in a way, when we learn this, it allows us to, in life, we're able to perceive a person's personality. If someone's emotional and we're trying to get through them intellectually, it makes us understand this person want to understand he's an emotional person. We have to talk to him in an emotional way. So this gives us tools how to deal with people at work, at home, children. Analyze their personality before you talk to them. How are you going to portray it to them? With kids, you may have to be use one tactic with one child, another tactic with the other child, because their personalities are different. At work, you may have to deal with different colleagues in different ways. So these give you tools to do that. Any questions? <clears throat> okay, verse 22. Name Bakastikardavyam Trishuloke Sukinchana Nana Vaptama Vaptavyam Varta Eva Chakarmani Name Bakastikardavyam Trishuloke Sukinchana Nana Vaptama Vaptavyam O Bhartha, there is nothing in the three worlds that has to be done by me, nor anything attained that has to be attained, yet I engage in action. Bhartha is Arjuna, son of Kunti. Matkunti Mata. What's Krishna saying here? What's Krishna saying to Arjuna? <clears throat> He's using himself as an example. He's making a personal appeal. Arjuna, there's nothing I need to do in this world or any other worlds. Neither is there anything I need to achieve in life because I have already achieved the highest. He's a self-realized person. Krishna is telling Arjuna, there's nothing I need to do in, in this world or any world. I've already achieved the highest. Krishna is a self-realized person, as we know. Still, I am performing action. 
Krishna has no motivation to be Arjuna's charioteer. Why does he need the headache? <laughs> Face all those arrows. Put himself in danger. He doesn't have to do that. The residents of Hastinapur are not his people. He's not going to gain anything from fighting the battle, Krishna. And he still has to talk to Arjuna, 18 chapters, 700 verses, to persuade him to do his duty. Why does he need all that headache? So he's saying, Arjuna, I have nothing to gain from this. Nothing to gain from being here. But I'm still here, acting, helping you. Why don't you follow my example and act with me? You have everything to gain. Not only these people in Hastinapur are your people. You are their leader, their rightful leader. They're suffering. It's your duty as the prince of Hastinapur to make this right. So I'm appealing to you, Arjuna, do your duty. So first 20, verse 20 was devotion, then persuasive. Last verse was vanity, now a personal appeal. Now, the reason we're going through these quickly is because there is actually no logical reason to what Krishna is saying. There's no philosophy or anything. There's no logic reason. He's just trying to get Arjuna to wake up. He's using emotional tactics. So, vanity. Emotional appeal. Personal appeal, sorry. Any questions? So, verse 22. Venita. As Krishna's next psychological tactic, he appeals to Arjuna personally. One attempts personal appeals when intellectual reasoning fails. In a personal appeal, you try to convince another of something by suggesting he follows your own example. It works in most cases since out of personal weakness, the masses tend to imitate rather than act independently. Here is a an everyday example of this human weakness. You offer a cup of coffee to a friend, he declines. You persuade him again, he still refuses. But if you appeal to him, I am having one, why don't you join me? Invariably, he will accept the offer. Krishna makes a similar psychological appeal to Arjun. Here, there is nothing in the three worlds that I need to do or attain, yet I engage myself in action. Since I am acting, why don't you also join me to, in action? Krishna addresses Arjuna as Bharata, meaning son of Bharata, The three worlds mentions in, mentioned in the verse refers to heaven, earth, and the nether world. The three, the three worlds can also be taken as the waking, dream, and deep sleep worlds. All the worlds put together cannot offer Krishna a motive that would induce him to action. He remains ever in a state of abs absolute fulfillment. 
totally self-sufficient, he revels in the eternal bliss, yet he continues to act. Thus, this personal appeal to Arjun is to follow his example. Any questions? So just why does Krishna help Arjuna? Why is Krishna help? He's a self-realized soul. He doesn't need to do any of this. Why do you think he, he's doing it? By the way, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just opening up to the group. Well, uh, Lord Krishna was born in the Kshatriya race as well. So relatively, it was his duty too to fight a righteous war and partake. Now, he'd already made a promise that he will participate in the war, but will not use any arms. So if we're thinking about what he had, which was ultimate knowledge, he couldn't fight the war, although it was his duty as a warrior, because he was born in the warrior race, right? So he had knowledge. So he embedded that knowledge to Arjuna to induce him to fight, I feel. Anybody else got a anybody else got an opinion? Nilam? Yeah, I suppose following on from that, um, he doesn't need to act for himself or any gain, but actually, um, if he hadn't have done this, we wouldn't have this knowledge to be um impacted by and help us develop. So it was almost like I would probably potentially say fulfilling his own dharma on a wider perspective okay interesting anybody else got an opinion i'm just opening it up for discussion that's all um, he says he doesn't have to act he mentions it in this verse i don't have to act anybody else got an opinion Vanita? Well, he's saying he doesn't have to act, but if you have vasanas, you have to act, right? So he's obviously had some vasanas to carry on acting, even though he's self-realized. He still has to act in his position as Krishna. So he's just fulfilling himself as being Krishna, as well as helping other people fulfill their vasanas. So as Sittal said, he's a kshatriya, yeah. warrior. So he's performing his duty. Mm. I suppose if Krishna didn't take part, the war could have gone the other way around. Arjuna may not have fought at all. There was no one there to get him out of that state. He could have lost. And then unrighteousness could have taken over Hastinapur. Or we can say unrighteousness could take over the world. If there aren't good people in the world and there's only bad people, what will the state of the world be? So we all have to do what's right, be righteous, and perform our action. That's what I'm getting out of this. <clears throat> Who's going to fight the bad people in the world? Not physically, but even you know, intellectually. He's also saying to originize, if you follow what you're doing, you will be enlightened like me because that's my example. I'm telling you to lead by example. So it's also giving him some something that he'll eventually get at the end of it as well. Not just the, the you know, the fact that Hastinapur will be free from bad, but also the fact that he's going to gain something as well spiritually from it. Funny enough, Arjuna doesn't know Krishna's enlightened. 
at the moment. He actually doesn't know. He just thinks it's his friend, Krishna, who grew up with him, played him. Near, when, when we get further up down into the Gita, Krishna says, I'm this multi-armed, multi-armed person, you know, a self-realized person. I am God. I am Brahman. And Arjuna still doesn't believe him. So he says, okay, if you're that, show me your form. And he shows his form. And Arjuna gets scared. Krishna, please go back to the form that you were. So it's actually later on in the Gita that he, Arjuna realizes that this is Lord Krishna, not Krishna, my mate. Okay, we'll do verse 23. <clears throat> Yadi yaham navarteyam jatu karman yatan ritaha mama vartmanu vartante manushya partha sarvasaha yadi yaham navarteyam jatu karman yatan ritaha mama vartmanu vartante manushya partha sarvasaha if indeed I do not ever engage in action, unwearied, men would in every way follow my path, O Partha. So in this verse, Krishna uses fear. If I, Krishna, don't act, then people will follow my example and stop acting in this world. Remember we said, in the verse 21, that people follow the herd instinct. They follow examples. So Krishna is saying, if I don't act, people will follow my example and they'll stop acting in the world. If I don't act, nobody will act. <clears throat> the whole world will be at standstill. Is that what you want, Arjuna? Should I do that? Is that what you want? Krishna was looked up to as a great soul. He worked selflessly for the people. Everyone followed his example. The great Krishna, the great Lord Krishna. Whatever he does is correct. The way he acts is right. And people follow. Even here now we are learning from Krishna how to properly live our lives. We're learning from Krishna. It's okay for Krishna, it's okay for us. Krishna did it, why can't I do it? Don't we say that? If it's good enough for Krishna, why isn't it good enough for me? So Krishna tries to put fear into Arjuna as to what will happen if Krishna withdraws from acting. What will happen if uh, Krishna doesn't act? What will happen? Any idea? Krishna is in charge of the chariot. What will happen if he said, all right, Arjuna, I've had enough. You're in a pathetic state. I can't take it anymore. I'm leaving. You carry on. What will happen? Sashi? <clears throat> the war won't go ahead. The war won't go ahead. And if it did, even if it did, 
Dürüyeden work, demolish them all. What else? What would happen? If Krishna said, okay, I'm going. You, 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 you drive the chariot, get someone else. Winifred? Well, potentially just die, won't he? Because he doesn't want to do his job as a Shastriya, so he'll get killed and where he is. Hmm. What else? Anything else? Remember, I just said herd instinct. People will do the same. They'll give up and just not do no action. People that are following Krishna, the example. See, even in Arjuna's, the Pandava's army, everyone respected Krishna. The fact Krishna was on their side, on the Pandava's side, motivated everyone. Imagine if Krishna said, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting for you guys. I'm leaving. What will the effect be on the army? Krishna is leaving. We must be doomed. The, morale, the, moral, the, morality in the, the morale in the army will go down. Even if they're strong enough, they'll lose. Yeah, Benita. Well, he's also given the seven Akshoni armies to Duryodhana as well, and they're his people. He'll they leave people. too. They'll leave as well. So then there'll be no one fighting nobody no as Absolutely. So he's using fear. Is this what you want me to do? Get up, get ready, fight. Otherwise, I'm leaving. So after he does this, Krishna sees some reaction, Arjuna. The, the, the level Krishna has to go to. It's almost, like, it's almost like he's stooping to the lowest level possible. <laughs> he sees some reaction Arjuna now. He seems to respond to Krishna's threat of leaving. You know, when a child doesn't listen, say, you know what, I'm leaving you here. I'm going. You make your own way. Child, will, what will the child say? Well, no, no, mom, I'm coming. Come, come, I'm coming with you. Don't leave me. <laughs> Same sort of thing. Arjuna's responding, thinking, what's going to happen now if Krishna leaves? He's threatening to leave. Ravi, it's all psychological. It's all psychological. Ravi. Krishna again draws Arjuna's attention to the maxim enunciated in verse 21. Whatever a leader does, others follow. His example, people looked up to Krishna as a great soul, and Krishna did work assiduously for the welfare of the people. If, however, he stopped his ceaseless activities, people from all walks of life would also abstain from action. Work would come to a grinding halt all over the world. Such would be the consequence of his action. Thus, Krishna plants fear in Arjuna's mind, the fear of consequence of Krishna's withdrawal. The above is purely an emotional appeal, since all the logic and reason just given did not stir Arjuna to action. Krishna leaves out logic this time. If Arjuna had looked at it rationally, he might have asked Krishna to continue with his action while he, he himself abstained from fighting the terrible war. After all, how does Arjuna's refusal to fight actually interfere with Krishna's activities in the world? Arjuna had not the reasoning power at this point to analyze this thus. 
Krishna therefore uses these various emotional approaches to bring him to his feet and save the country. Any questions? Verse 24. These worlds would perish if I did not perform action. I should be the cause of confusion of castes and should destroy these people. Finally, seeing some positive signs within Arjuna, Krishna uses threat to try and scare Arjuna, to get him completely woken now. He saw fear worked, now he threatens him. If I, Krishna, stop acting, then the world would fall apart. There would be confusion and chaos everywhere in the world. What is this confusion and chaos he's talking about? Any idea? <clears throat> what is this confusion? Arunabin? Is it when people are just merely acting on their likes and dislikes and not really being disciplined? Mm, yeah. Mm. Any, anybody else? What is this confusion and chaos? See, at the time, people placed in the four categories, caste system prevailed. Sudra, laborers, they performed labor. Vaisha, traders, business people, they did their relevant work of trading, doing business. Kshatriya, the warriors, they fought. Everyone did act based on their nature. Brahmin priests did their sermons, directed people spiritually. Society was put into these four categories and people performed their duty based on their nature. And the result of this was peace and harmony in the world. Everyone did their duty. So Krishna warns Arjuna that they will stop performing their duties as well. And if they do that, the world will become a mess, leading to destruction. Is that what you want, Arjuna? He's gone beyond just the war now. He's talking about the whole world. If you don't act, Arjuna, this could happen. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But Arjuna is a big threat. I don't want to be responsible for that. This is how Arjuna is thinking. People will not act based on their nature. A trader will become a Brahmin, start doing sermons. 
Shatria was supposed to fight might start doing business. <laughs> what will happen to the world? That's what he's talking about, chaos and confusion. Is this what you want, Arjuna? Like I said, there's no logic and reason behind this. Krishna is just saying what's necessary to wake up Arjuna. So six appeals. Devotion, persuasion, vanity, personal appeal, fear, and lastly, threat. After the intellectual, emotional appeals, Arjuna now seems to have opened up. And Krishna sees this. So now in the next 11 verses, 25 to 35, topic four, Krishna gives Arjuna the formula to perform the right action. He gives us the formula. How do you perform action? What is the right way to act? We already covered karma yoga in the sense, act with a higher ideal, but how do we do this? Bring, we, we, we dissect action completely to understand everything that we need to know about action in the next 11 verses. Nilam. The emotional appeal ends with a threat. Krishna would have noticed some sign of response in Arjuna when in the previous verse, he tried to induce fear in him. He capitalizes on the weakness in Arjuna and highlights the devastating effect of his abstinence from action. If I cease to act, these worlds would perish. There would be total confusion of castes and destruction of the people. Since Arjuna seems to react to the consequences of an action, Krishna continues in the same strain. He threatens Arjuna saying total anarchy will prevail if he stops acting. If Krishna withdraws from action, people would do the same. Originally, the four castes categorized individuals according to their own natures. They held duties and responsibilities according to their individual temperaments. Each member of society willingly and happily carried out his individual functions because he was doing what came naturally to him. Thus, prosperity and peace reigned in society. Krishna warns Arjuna, that inaction on his part would bring about total confusion. People of all castes would stop performing their functions. They would drop their duties and responsibilities. This would lead to, to the total destruction of the people and the world. Krishna's psychological approach to Arjuna concludes here. It has included six different emotional tactics. Number one, devotion. Krishna uses Arjuna's devotion to the great personalities of the past who adopted action to reach perfection. Two, persuasion. To fight at least for the welfare of society, even if not for himself. Three, vanity. Arjuna feels elated when referred to as a leader of the community and told that he must lead the way for others to follow. Four, personal appeal. Krishna requests Arjuna to follow his example and act. Five, fear. Krishna points out the dire consequences of inaction. And six, threat. The people and the world would be totally annihilated if everyone ceased action as Arjuna proposes to do. 
Krishna's ingenious plan of approach to pull Arjuna out of his emotional paralysis succeeded. He had first put forth sound logic and reason to convince him on the need for action. Then he followed it with emotional props to support it. Now Arjuna shows clear signs of recovery. Therefore, Krishna tells him how to act with the technique of right action in the following 11 verses. Thank you. Any questions? <clears throat> so we're going to begin um, right action in the next class. We're not going to do it today. Techniques of right action. Topic gives the prescription for right action. For the most part, people live their lives selfishly, acting merely to fulfill their egocentric desires while craving for the fruits of their actions. They cling to actions for their own personal ends. Instead, they must direct their actions to a greater cause, a higher ideal. The highest ideal that one can aspire for is self-realization. To work towards it, first choose a field of activity according to your basic nature. Fix as high an ideal as you are capable of attaining. Pursue the ideal, taking care that the personal likes and dislikes do not interfere with your higher pursuit. Do not waste your energies in brooding over the dead past or craving for the unborn future. Act in the present in the spirit of service and sacrifice for the achievement of your ideal. So we're going to learn how to do that. And Krishna will explain how to do that in more detail in the next 11 verses. And just, just to give you some idea, once it's explained, the next two topics, interestingly, impediments to right action. So what, now you know how to act properly. What kind of problems can occur while you're trying to do that? What hurdles you may need to jump while you're doing that? And the last topic is how to overcome those hurdles. It gives you the whole blueprint of right action. This is how you do it. These things may happen. But this is how you overcome them. What more do we need? We spoon fed everything. Only thing we have to do is act. Any questions? Is there anything else, any other questions that anybody would like to ask pertaining to this subject? Or we have a few minutes, so if anybody has anything to ask. I mean, from today's class, what will you gain from it? As you said, there's no logic and reason. But what you can gain from it is how to deal with different personalities. That's exactly what I read into these verses was um, there's different ways of approaching situations and personalities and people. And yeah. it's being aware of the language, the personality that you're dealing with. And that's how you should approach the conversation or approach the person or the situation yeah absolutely so you, you have to deal with different people in different ways and we come across different people every day in our lives you can't act in the talk to them 
behave with them in the same way all the time. If we want to gain something from it, if we want to achieve something. So that's what you can gain from today's class. The techniques of how to deal with people, personalities. We'll touch up on that. Thank you, Ravi. Any other questions or anybody else, anything else someone would like to point out from this, these verses today <clears throat> that you may have gained from it so we can share it? If not, then we will conclude today's class. 28 degrees, so enjoy. Enjoy the day today. We will um, take up uh, questions and answers on Tuesday's class on this topic and this subject. So have a wonderful day, everybody. <clears throat>